The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 245. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where we talk about applying high leverage psychology in your business and life. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, private practice owner, speaker, executive coach, and consultant. I became a psychologist to learn how to leverage psychology and help others do the same. For over a decade, I've been tracking how psychology gets in the way of smart and results-driven people. For years, I've developed frameworks and tools to help them leverage psychology instead to launch themselves forward. It's my mission to share my hard-earned lessons with you so you can launch yourself forward too. I can't wait to talk high leverage psychology with you so you can learn to take higher leverage action today. Let's talk high leverage psychology. Last week in episode 244, I shared a simple principle to guide your thinking, mindset, and strategic action to optimize for growth and hitting your goals. Today, I'm talking about a tactical way to skyrocket the quality of your thinking, mindset, and problem solving. So let's dive in. You hit a road bump, your tire blows out, you lose control of your car, and it careens off the road, plows into a ditch, and only stops when it hits an immovable object, a hundred-year-old tree. Hopefully, you've never had to experience that kind of small incident turned catastrophe. But you might have had this happen metaphorically when you hit a snag or a bump in the road of your career, business, relationships, or life. Something small that seemed to explode into a catastrophe seemingly out of nowhere. It happens much more frequently to some people over others, and there may be a simple explanation for why. When something small triggers a spiral, there's a very common characteristic set of thoughts that hit us. Usually it's pretty subtle because a lot of our thoughts are actually answers to questions we've mentally asked ourselves in our current situation. But that's the key. The questions you ask yourself have immense power in guiding your thinking, which is why I so often find myself saying this simple but unbelievably powerful phrase over and over to myself, my friends, my colleagues, and even my patients. The quality of your questions determines the quality of your solutions. Just let that sink in for a moment. And I'm going to repeat that because it is just so profoundly spot on. The quality of your questions determines the quality of your solutions. When you hit a snag, the question you ask becomes the problem your brain works on, which guides what you think about and the answers that your brain generates for your current situation and what to do about it. Now, I tend to separate questions into three levels of quality. Low-quality questions tend to lead us down a spiraling path to self-blame, self-sabotage, and even self-destruction. 
Those kinds of questions often sound like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so dumb? And why or how did I let this happen? Another version of this is directed outward instead of inward. So instead, that sounds like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so terrible at whatever? Or how did you let this happen? These are the kinds of questions that often generate blame, undermining, or tearing other people down. Sometimes the question takes a sneaky form of a statement like, you should have known better, which is actually asking, why didn't you know better? And how come you didn't see it coming and prevent it from happening? What all low-quality questions share and have in common is they focus your attention, your thinking, and your solutions on a person, yourself or someone else, as that person being the problem. The only reasonable conclusion then is they have to stop being the way they are and change, or you need to get rid of them. It completely misses the possibility of constructively working together to identify the actual source of the problem, to generate ideas, to deal with the root cause, and then to work together to make sure it's effectively addressed. Worse still, it has the tendency to tear down your sense of self-worth, whether that's in yourself, or it may demolish the feeling of being understood and valued in others when that's turned outward. I see this a lot in clients who struggle with self-esteem or when they realize that people around them avoid and dislike having to deal with them. Sometimes that shows up when anger issues continually pop up and they get thrown at the other person by way of these kinds of questions. The next level, medium quality questions are usually a bit less harsh, but they're still not particularly constructive or helpful. Often these kinds of questions focus on short-term stopgap measures, like covering up or addressing surface-level symptoms. Medium-quality questions sometimes sound like, how do I make it stop? How do I avoid this? Or how do I avoid the consequences or repercussions of my actions or the situation? Because they're so focused in getting rid of the urgency of the problem right now, these kinds of questions can be short-sighted rather than recognizing the deeper underlying origins of a challenge or issue and taking a longer view and a more sustainable view in addressing them more completely. As a result, these kinds of questions can breed short-term solutions that, just like putting a patch on a tire and going on your merry way as if nothing happened, can set you up to have the same problem just come back over and over again when the tire develops a hole or pops. People who ask themselves these kinds of questions find themselves constantly putting out fires, having problems boomerang back over and over and over again. They might even eventually find themselves overwhelmed by the growing pile of unresolved recurrence of multiple issues over time. When I work with people who experience frequent stress and overwhelm, this is one place I kind of start to dig into because it can yield some really powerful insights and some really helpful direction. The third category, which I call high quality questions, take a highly constructive approach in the questions that are being asked internally to ourselves and externally to other people. 
that kind of thinking that comes from these questions is much more likely to produce higher quality results. These are the kinds of approaches and solutions that tend to have really meaningful, impactful, lasting, long-term change. Oftentimes, these questions sound a bit like, what's happening here? How is this affecting my goals or impacting, accomplishing, or achieving my goals? And what can I do about it? These questions prompt a person to be curious, to seek deeper understanding without judgment, to understand the implications of the situation, and to focus on what they have control over, what they can influence or make change in. As a result, asking high-quality questions uncovers deeper clarity, longer-term solutions, and greater agency, and often collaboration, because we can invite others into that same thought process. So what can you do about it? There are two practices that have worked for me personally and as a psychologist. The first is becoming more aware, which is often a prerequisite to making intentional change. Do an internal audit by paying attention to the language that your mind generates when you encounter problems, issues, challenges, and try to unpack the questions that your mind and your brain might be asking you that are generating these kinds of thoughts. Try to label each question, whether it's low quality, medium quality, or high quality. Chances are, for most of us, we have a mix. There might be some situations or circumstances that we have high quality questions and that produce much higher quality solutions and thinking and mindset. There may be other situations where the quality of our questions may be medium or low quality. And as a result of that, our thinking, our mindset, and our solutions may follow. The second practice is to intentionally shift your approach by asking yourself a question from a high-quality category instead. Now, I want to say, fair warning, it's going to take more than just a little bit of practice, and it probably won't feel natural at first in order to really get a hang of this and start shifting into higher quality questions more consistently. So what I want to leave you with today is a push to start asking yourself higher quality questions so you can enjoy the benefit of asking and answering higher quality questions with greater quality of thinking and problem solving right now. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you learned something valuable today, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more smart, high-performing, results-driven people like you the ability to learn and apply high-leverage psychology to your business and life. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast is produced by Dr. Yishai and PodTech. Music by www.purple-planet.com. Dr. Yishai is a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with the guest or listener. The information contained in this publication is for general informational purposes only and shall not be relied on or construed as coaching advice or therapy. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope today's episode fulfilled my mission to help you leverage psychology better in your business and life.